Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but I have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You look at the world differently. Do you realize that as Christians? We see things utterly differently. We see things not for their face value, but rather with the eyes of faith, we penetrate the deeper complex and more profound realities. We see beyond the surface. We see this powerfully. Look here in the first reading. Moses now is on Mount Horeb. And it said all of a sudden he sees a bush on fire. What does the world see in this moment? They see a shrub ignited. Nothing more, nothing less. Ah, but remember, we don't just see the surface. Look beyond it. Look beyond it. Moses goes and approaches this burning bush. And the encounter here, this event, and again, I, I, I'm not speaking hyperbolically, but this event here in, in, in Exodus, which we just read, it's one of those watershed moments which changes the course of humanity. Changed, from this moment on, everything changed. 
Moses now, is he approaches a bush, and all of a sudden from that bush, a voice radiates from him. It says here, Moses, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I have witnessed the affliction of my people, and I have heard their complaints, and I know their suffering. From this moment on, Moses would, would now return to Egypt and he would take the Jewish people who are enslaved by the pharaohs and he would set them free. We all know the story well. They journey 40 years in the deserts. They make their way towards now modern day Israel. And then Moses asks a very pivotal question. It makes a lot of sense. If a burning bush is talking to you, you're going to ask, who are you? What are you? Who is talking to me? And so Moses asked, when they asked me, who, who, who is this, who am I talking to and what is your name? And notice what happens next. God says, when they ask you who I am, tell them this. I am who am. I am who am. From this moment on, two principles now will be extrapolated from this simple, cryptic, mysterious phrase. First, God is one. There is only one God. See, prior to this moment, there's a plethora of gods. There's the Greek gods, there's the Egyptian gods, there's the Roman gods, there are all these different pagan gods all over the place. And so Moses Riley says, which God am I talking to? And God says, you have no idea. There's only one God. Monotheism begins here. Second principle, which would change the course of humanity. I am who am. In other words, what God here says, I am the very foundation of existence itself. I am being itself. Nothing outside of me could exist. See, what begins, and will later be extrapolated from this again, we can do an entire graduate course on this simple phrase, by the way, and its implications and how it changed the world. This one little line. Because up to here, what, this, what begins to, to unfold before us is that God, for the first time, the idea of God now, enters our human mind through this phrase, that God is outside of the universe. Now follow that logic. If God is outside of the universe then, and he created this, he is not simply one being among other beings, but rather he is outside of it, but rather through his reason now creates the universe out of sheer act of love. Now what begins to unfold and lays the principles for what's now become again, a scientific revolution. Because notice this, why did science, again, always ask this question, why did science arise out of a Catholic civilization? And nowhere else. Because science is based upon the fact that God is outside of the universe. And that God has imbued the creative cosmos with reason and principles. And that my mind, which is ordered towards truth, could apprehend the said principles and said universe. All of science is based on this phrase. Ah, but all the world sees is a burning bush. <laughs> so much more. 
We see this another principle played out how, how when, when we see with the eyes of faith, reality is far more extravagant. What did we celebrate last Thursday, by the way? What did our nation celebrate on March 13th, last Thursday? It's a beautiful day, St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? Patrick, in fact, is not his real name. Now, I shared this in the Bible study last Tuesday, so anybody that wasn't at the Bible study, does anybody know St. Patrick's real name? If you know this, I'll buy you corned beef and cabbage for dinner. So. The name Patrick is actually stems from the Latin word pater. We get our English words patrimony, patriarchy from it. Patrick is simply a deviation of the name pater, which means father. Because the Irish people would call Patrick father, just as you all call me father. It's a title. Patrick's real name is Mayween Sukat. So happy Mayween Sukat Day, all of you, huh? It doesn't quite roll off the tongue as smoothly as St. Patrick's Day. But Mayween Sukat. His story is utterly profound, and amazingly, he's not from Ireland. Mewin Sukkot is actually from Roman Great Britain. As a teenager, he was kidnapped by pirates and he would be sold into slavery to the Irish people. And as a teenager, sold into slavery now, his job was to tend the flocks. He was a little shepherd boy. And amazingly, so if you were to walk now with the simply worldly eyes, without any eyes of faith, if you were to walk by, if we're in the 4th century Ireland, he was born in 385, and if we saw this little shepherd boy, what does the world see? Nothing. He's the lowest of the low. He's just a dumb little shepherd boy doing absolutely nothing, just out of the, in the fields. But now, with the eyes of faith, look what begins to happen next. We have his diary, St. Patrick. It's called the Confessions. We have his very words. And this is what Patrick said what was happening in that field. He writes, My love and fear of God increased greatly, and my faith grew and my spirit was stirred up. Before dawn, in snow, frost, and rain, I was aroused to prayer. There was no tepidity in me. My spirit was, with, was fervent within me. So notice, look, here. Notice what's happening here. Here's a shepherd boy out in the middle of the fields of Ireland, just tending the flock. The world sees absolutely nothing spectacular about him. But within his heart, a furnace was burning. A fire was beginning to enkindle in this teenager's heart. There was a fire just radiating within him, and it was growing and growing and growing. Again, what the world sees, absolutely nothing in him. For six years, this fire, this oven was burning. And then, suddenly, he has a dream. By this point, Patrick knew God's voice, so he recognized it immediately, what happened. The voice told him, flee, go to the coast, 
On the coast, you will find a boat waiting for you. And immediately the next day he woke up, he ran 200 miles to the coast. And amazingly, there it was, a boat, as God had said it would be. From the boat from the shores of Ireland, he would, he would sail back to his home in Great Britain. And at 22 years old, six years missing, he journeys back home and amazingly, he just shows up at his front door. Hi, mom. I'm dad. I'm back. <laughs> Could you imagine that embrace, by the way? He's been missing for six years. His parents thought he was dead. And then Patrick all of a sudden shows up. He thought he would live the rest of his days with his parents in Great Britain. Uh, but something else happened. Another dream. And this is what he says he heard in the dream. Patrick writes, I heard the voices of those who dwelt beside me in the wood of Folkluth. Folkluth is a region of Ireland, which is by the Western Sea. And they cried out, and with one mouth, we beg you, holy youth, come and walk once more among us. So what happened here now, here he is in Great Britain. He's a young man of 22 years old. This dream, he dreams of the Irish people, which begs him to return back to them. What does the world see? The world sees, what are you talking about going back to Ireland? Those are the people who enslaved you. Hate them. Persecute them. Oh no, but remember, eyes of faith now. Patrick, at this point, would be called to become a Catholic priest. From Great Britain now, he would sail to France. And south of Paris now, there's a little town there. And it would be here for the next 20 years. Patrick would fortify himself. He knew God would eventually call him back to Ireland. But he says, before I return to that island, I must first discipline myself. I must spend long hours of fasting and prayer. I must study my faith. I must learn this patrimony which has been given to us. I must understand it. I must penetrate the word. And for 20 years, he stayed at this monastery. And then, in his 40s, Patrick would return to Ireland. And we know what happened next. Within a few short generations, Patrick would convert that entire island to Catholicism. And for the next 1,500 years, that tiny little island would become a powerhouse of Catholicism. That little island would send missionaries all throughout the world, changing it. Our very church here in the United States is a direct result of Patrick. Our beloved Father Burns is a spiritual son of Patrick. I, as your priest, Father Sullivan, am a spiritual son of Patrick. Okay, maybe 10% of me. 10% I All completely on the surface. Nothing spectacular is happening. But then again, to see always with the eyes of faith. Now in a few moments, what's going to happen here? I'm going to show you bread and wine. The world says nothing spectacular is happening here. Nothing. In fact, don't even come to Mass on Sunday. Go to work, relax in your pajamas, watch television. Nothing, nothing good is going to happen here. 
Ah, but the eyes of faith now, what do you see? I don't see bread and wine. Now, look at the cross. What does the world see on that cross? The cross sees a criminal. Sad and tortured, tired, same old criminal. The world sees nothing spectacular up there. They see a humiliated, defeated man. That's what our eyes tell us. Now let me ask you. Look at that same cross, that same man, now with the eyes of faith. And I ask you one last time, with those beautiful eyes, what do you see now? 